This is the daily lectionary comments for June the 6th. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3 and uh, John chapter 11, beginning in verse 38. Proverbs chapter 3. First, I want to talk about the, the general character of the first nine chapters of Proverbs. Those nine chapters are very different than the 22 chapters that come later on. The first nine chapters of Proverbs uh, is sort of a general introduction to the nature and character and value of wisdom and understanding, uh, as opposed to the many pithy little examples of, of wisdom that we'll get later on in Proverbs. So this introduction to wisdom and understanding is framed as um, like a series of speeches. And who are the speakers? Well, a number of the speeches are framed as though a father is speaking and teaching and instructing his son. So you'll see that here, my son, your father is speaking. Then other speeches are, are um, where the speaker is um, wisdom, sometimes personified as a woman, but it's wisdom speaking. And who is wisdom speaking to? Well, wisdom is calling out to the entire world, to whomever will listen to her, she is crying out. But so we have a, a series of, of little speeches uh, in order to introduce us to the nature and value of wisdom. Now, practically speaking, in ordinary language, what do we mean by the word wisdom? Well, we all know intuitively that there's a difference between being smart or knowledgeable and being wise. And wisdom, the, the, the wise part, is not just that you have knowledge, but that you know what to do with that knowledge. So wisdom has to do with understanding the importance of what you know and its relationship to things. There's a wonderful little expression that I learned in the military. I first heard it there. And, and, and the expression is situational awareness. It's the idea that you not only know what to do in a particular spot, but you have a general sense of the larger picture. You not only see the trees, but you also understand the forest. You not only know what is right in front of you, but you also know how it fits into the context of larger and more important things. You understand the relationships among things. Practically speaking, that's kind of what we mean by wisdom. And an awful lot of that is what is meant here too. It's, it's not only knowing things, but understanding their, their import. And so an awful lot of what we're gonna be talking about here is that kind of understanding. But it goes, it, it's different than we might normally think of wisdom. So for example, how do you get wisdom in the, in the common ordinary sense of the word? How do you get that? Well, um, I mean, there's a number of ways that people think about how you get wisdom. One way is by deep thinking. I mean, you can imagine Plato uh, sitting and thinking and Aristotle thinking very deep thoughts philosophers sitting and thinking very deep thoughts and the more you think and the more clearly you think and articulate then you become wiser that's one sense um, modern people have a tendency to see uh, wisdom as coming in through investigation scientific investigation or logical investigation of the things in front of you um, and and that's how you gain knowledge and understanding of the nature of the world uh, we all know kind of intuitively that experience gives a lot of, uh, of wisdom. I mean, there's something that older people have that younger people don't have and can't have until they've lived that long. 
All of these things do give a kind of wisdom. We could say maybe a secondary kind of wisdom, but the wisdom that we're talking about here in Proverbs is the primary, the foundational, the source of all other wisdom. And how you get that wisdom, that, that general, most, most important sense of the situational awareness and understanding of the nature of things is from the word of God. It doesn't come through deep thinking alone. It doesn't come through investigating. It doesn't come through life just by having lived. It comes through listening to God. And the word of God does not come just because you read the Bible. It comes because you have a relationship with God. I want to direct your attention to verses 5 through 11 in our reading. And I want you to note certain expressions that, are going to talk, that, that these verses talk about. Uh, that are foundational to uh, grasping the word of God. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Verse 6, acknowledge him. Verse 7, fear the Lord. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth. Verse 11, do not despise the Lord's discipline. These are very practical ways of talking about how we relate to to God in a very concrete way. And when you relate to God in a very concrete way, one of the things that happens is you become wise through the word of God. And that sort of wisdom is foundational to all else. That's why the scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Without this, there really, without this kind of a relationship with the Lord, there really isn't any true and genuine situational awareness or true wisdom that can be had. John chapter 11, beginning at verse 38. Uh, now we're getting to the actual miracle of the raising of Lazarus. Now, it's important to understand uh, what is actually happening with Lazarus here. We're going to call this a revivication. Jesus is making Lazarus's body alive again. This is not the same thing as resurrection. Resurrection means that, yes, your body comes to life again, but it is a transformed body fit for the world to come. This body that Lazarus is going to receive is this same old body, healed, yes, of whatever it is that caused him to die before, but <clears throat> it's still living in this world and still suffers with all the same problems as other bodies in life in this world chief of which is that Lazarus will die again. So he's still subject to all the problems of this world. So this is a great miracle without any question. Lazarus is being made alive again, but it is not the ultimate miracle. When you look at the Gospel of John, you, you, you don't see innumerable miracles being described. Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about Jesus doing more miracles than one can count, and they're often just grouped as a whole. You know, he healed everybody in that crowd, something like that. John is much more selective about the miracles that he discusses, and he discusses them much more at length. Among the miracles that John discusses, this is the last and the greatest miracle that Jesus did before his own resurrection. So, so th this is the penultimate miracle. The ultimate miracle is not revivication of Jesus' body, but the resurrection of Jesus' body, the first fruits of the resurrection of all of us in a body fit for the world to come. All right. This also is a wonderful picture. The, the resurrection, or should I say the revivication of Lazarus, making him alive again, 
is a beautiful picture of what it means to be saved by grace uh, and through the power of the word of God. Lazarus does nothing until he's made alive. He doesn't even hear anything. I mean, he can't do anything. He can't respond, obey, not obey, or anything. He's laying in the tomb, dormant, inert in every regard. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. It's the word of Christ that bears with it the power to make Lazarus alive again. Once Lazarus is made alive, then he can obey the command and come forth. But until he's made alive, there's nothing that he can do. And it's very much that way with a Christian coming to faith. You, you don't choose Christ. You don't choose to make yourself alive. Without the Holy Spirit and without the Word of God, you simply cannot make yourself alive. But the power of the Word of God can do this. So that's a wonderful picture here. Lastly, this is very ironic because it's this raising of Lazarus and making him live again uh, that turns out uh, to lead directly to the plot to kill Jesus. And even to this wonderfully ironic situation where the high priest Caiaphas actually prophesies it's good that one man should die so that the whole nation does not perish. Of course, Lazarus meant the, or Caiaphas meant this in a completely cynical way. But nevertheless, the Holy Spirit spoke to him a greater truth than he could possibly know.